Hello, John from the Lib Dem Podcast here. We are delighted to say that this episode is sponsored by Prater Reigns. Now more than ever, you need a professional-looking online presence and website. Prater Reigns have been helping Liberal Democrat campaigns succeed for 18 years. Their Lib Dem Foci package combines a website, social media and email system to help Lib Dems win. You'll receive great support from real people, fair pricing and a huge range of features to choose from. Prater Reigns are already the bespoke developers for Lighthouse, Lib Dem Draw Online and the LD Directory. They combine a talented system design with an unrivaled understanding of our party, our data and our systems. To find out more, check out the Prater Reigns website at praterains.co.uk slash liberal-democrats. Now, on with the podcast. There's really nothing progressive about nationalism. Um, and you can try and argue this type of nationalism is different. I just don't think that's true. Hello and welcome to the Lib Dem podcast. Thank you for tuning in, whether it is on your podcast provider or via YouTube or Facebook. We really appreciate you coming on. And today we've got a very special guest. So we have got the number one candidate for our number one target seat in Scotland next year. This is Molly Nolan. Welcome to the podcast, Molly. Thank you. Really great to be here. So, I mean, wow, you are, you have set yourself up for a busy few months. I have. Um, we have selected really early in Caithness, Sutherland and Ross because it is our number one target seat. Um, so obviously there's a lot of selections still ongoing, a lot still to do. Um, the regional lists haven't been selected yet, but we are uh, on the front foot in Caithness. Well, and we have talked in the past on, on previous podcasts, particularly with, say, Lisa Smart, when she became the target candidate for Hazel Grove here in the Northwest. Um, so do you want to tell us a little bit how, how you decide, how it went about for you? What was the process? Because I bet a lot of our listeners probably have no idea how you become uh, such an important candidate for the party. So how did that process go for you? Yeah, well, I mean, I would say that I've not been a member that long, maybe since 2017, but I've been a Lib Dem supporter my whole life. Um, essentially, it came down to the seat is selecting, I'm a member and I, that's where I'm from and I, I want to make it better. And I think the, the thought process can often be more complex for people, but that's really what it came down to for me. Um, it's just such a special part of the world. Um, I grew up there, I live there today. Um, and I want to improve it. There's a lot that needs to be done and it's very unique. And I think that's crucial. So if you're from somewhere and you know it, you know, put yourself forward to, to, to make it better. Yeah. And so, so what was, so, I mean, just a, a little bit of your backstory. So like you said, you, you're, you're from a tiny, I'm going to get it wrong. Is it ever Everton? Everton? Everton. From? Yeah. Um, and then you went off and studied abroad in America and then I've come back. So that, that's a, a heck of a journey. And what when you were abroad, do you think, I'm going to come back and I'm going to run for Scottish Parliament? Was that something that was always in your mind? No, uh, I, I went out to the US when I was 18 um, to do my undergrad degree. And as I progressed through that, a lot of people said to me, oh, you'll love it out there, you'll want to stay. But I always thought, actually, no, I want to come back. Um, and I, I'm really involved with traditional Scottish music. I went to a music school um, when I was in uh, my like sixth form equivalent. Um, and I just, I just wanted to come back. Um, so I moved back in uh, June, 2019 and it, you know, just went kind of from started, there. Yeah. yeah, basically <laughs> started working, met Jamie, had a few conversations um, and decided that it was something I really wanted to pursue. 
I think also we should we should explain to listeners and viewers just whereabouts the constituency is. So basically, in the the far north of Swansea, so as soon as you go past Inverness, you can right the way up to John O'Groats. Uh, and so, I mean, if it t- take Preston as kind of the 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 centre of the UK, it would take me six hours just to get to your constituency by car, and then another two hours to get to the top of it from there. So it is geographically, it's huge. Absolutely. So it's uh, 25,000 square kilometres, which is obviously massive. Um, And the other thing about it is that obviously the geography makes it slower to to travel by car. So you can look at it and say it's 100 miles that would take me a couple of hours. In reality, on a single track road, it's going to take longer. So it really is a a mammoth constituency, um, actually bigger than Jamie Stone's equivalency in Westminster. We've got an extra little bit in the southwest corner. Um, So it's really quite unique. I suppose, again, just to talk uh, uh, through the actual, um, the political kind of, uh, boundaries and what that means. So Jamie Stone is the MP uh, for the area. Now for the Scottish elections, you have, there are eight, uh, let me get this right, there's, there's the Highlands and Islands electoral region, which has eight different areas. Each of those areas has a first past the post kind of election, as well as then seven seats that are up through proportional representation. Have I got that right? That's the first <laughs> That is correct. So that is the way it works around Scotland. We've got all these different regions. Islands and Islands, um, obviously geographically, is the biggest. It's nearly half the landmass of Scotland. Um, And we have got two MSPs there already, um, Beatrice Wishart in Orkney and Liam MacArthur in Shetland. Um, Other way around. Uh, And then we have Jamie Stone in Westminster. So we've got a great liberal presence within that region already. And I suppose, and... So back in 2016, um, the SNP ha- have this seat. This is why it's one of our targets. So you've got, so we came comfortably second with 31% uh, of the vote. The SNP have about just, just shy of 4,000 majority. So how, I mean, obviously you want to, you're going out to win. It's our number one target seat. What is campaigning like on the ground right now? Obviously, COVID has, has uh, sort of stopped face-to-face campaigning. Um, we've had some literature through the doors for Jamie recently, um, which has gone down really well. And obviously, we're trying to do as much as we can remotely. Um, but at the moment, campaigning for me is very much a digital experience. Um, and I think that's the same for candidates everywhere. Um, that being said, obviously, in 2019, Jamie won his seat back uh, with an increased majority. So we are hopeful that there's a, there's a really good shot here. Um, and I, I think we can do well. And I suppose it's, it's kind of, because it's such a geographically huge area, I suppose it, it becomes very, and I think of, say, Tim Farron's uh, constituency in, uh, in South Lakeland, or, uh, you know, Brecon and Radnorshire, which we campaigned in uh, last year. When you have these huge geographical areas, digital campaigning becomes almost more important because, it obviously, it becomes so difficult to get to all these tiny little villages and farm tracks here, there and everywhere. Absolutely. Um, I, I think one of the issues we do have in, in Caithness, Sutherland and Ross is the lack of internet accessibility. Some places still don't have good broadband. So it is important for us to actually go out and meet these people, talk to them, call them up, send them literature. But you are right. Um, when you want to cover such a large area, digital campaigning just becomes crucial. And we are really going to be focusing on that this year. And I'm, I'm, re- I'm really fascinated about, for, from a, uh, your perspective of, of 
the, how things lying with Scotland at the moment because everything's Westminster focused. Let's just say, I mean, everything's Southeast England focused generally news wise. So what is the, I mean, because, you know, we're going through at the moment all the stuff with the exams crisis and everything else, but the, the SNP have handled that horrendously as well. But it's just that the Tories in Westminster tend to do it just that little bit worse. So what, what are the feelings in Scotland regarding the West, about the SNP? Well, the SNP have been in power for 13 years now, which is a very long time. And, um, you know, in my opinion, their record just isn't great. Um, we've obviously had the exams fiasco, but the education difficulties stretch back longer than that. And, um, you know, where we once were one of the best countries in the world for education, we are now slipping down uh, the, the rankings every year. Um, there are other problems as well that haven't been addressed, specifically in my constituency. We have huge issues with um, access to healthcare. Um, we've got issues with uh, tourism and the lack of resources um, to, to make it sustainable. Um, there, are, there are big, big problems. Um, and it does tend to, to become a bit of a comparison between Scotland and England, who's doing better, who's doing worse. But that's not the way that I want to look at it. You know, we are, uh, we have our Scottish Parliament, we have our Westminster Parliament, both of them are in charge of different things. Both of them should be working well, and that's not the case at the minute. Yeah, and I think, it, I, I'm, I'd love to get your, your impressions of an overview of where, like the general sense in Scotland, I mean, because in your seat, obviously, you'll want, you know, it's a classic Lib Dem kind of messaging, you know, the Tories and Labour can't win here. It is, a, it is absolutely a contest between you and the SNP. But how is the general political view in Scotland at the moment regarding the Tories? The Tories seem to be in meltdown in Scotland. Labour just don't know how to get themselves back off the floor. Is that what you're seeing in your constituency? Absolutely. I think Labour have... Uh have not had a, a consistent message um, and the Tories have obviously, um, you know, they are sort of in disarray internally, but they've also just done really badly uh, to govern the country. Um, I think the Lib Dems have actually come out with the most sort of consistent message that makes sense, um, you know, being consistently internationalist and uh, focusing on getting local powers back to local people across the UK. Um, so I, I think in that sense, it's definitely a straight fight between the SNP and the Lib Dems. But our message has, has really resonated as something that is consistent. And, and obviously, uh, you, you want to win next year and things like that. Where do you think, is, is the SNP ready to be knocked off its perch a little bit next year? How, how do you, if you were to, I mean, a week's a long time in politics, so you know, we're still you know, months away. But how, how do you feel the landscape is at the moment? I think there's uh, we're at a bit of a, a, a moment just before something happens, essentially. I think the COVID crisis, obviously, there'll be a review into that. Um, the education fiasco will have long running implications that won't make themselves known until next year, really. How important are these elections in Scotland next year? I think they're critical. One seat can make the difference um, in terms of whether or not we sort of um, go back to just talking about whether or not Scotland should be independent um, and I really want to focus on everyday issues there's polling out yesterday saying you know people think that you know talking about independence all the time is a distraction and it's true there are plenty of everyday things that need fixed um, that I, I think we need to prioritize that being said it is true that the country is quite divided um, 
my perspective is that I'm a committed federalist. I don't believe that the choices between um, separatism and um, hard unionism. I think we need to reform our relationship within the UK, not just in Scotland, but within all four nations. Um, and that's a message I really want to get across. You know, the most progressive future that we have um, in the Highlands will be as part of a progressive United Kingdom that has local powers um, all across, uh, not just in Scotland, but everywhere. And do you think <laughs> this is uh, not aimed at anyone in particular, but kind of English Lib Dems get sometimes just assume uh, the SNP are some cuddly, fluffy teddy bear of a party that aren't the nice. And, you know, we have to give credit to you. Nicola Sturgeon is a is a, a good political operator. She knows what she's doing. She comes, well, she, she sounds like she knows what she's doing. And actually, like you've just said, the actual truth is it is there's been some horrendous mistakes made by the SNP in Scotland. But, you know, there's been, you get it quite regularly in England saying, if I was in Scotland, I might want independence as well. And how, how do you respond to that? Because it surely cannot be helpful uh, for people who are almost like backseat driving the campaign in Scotland. Absolutely. Um, well, as to, to your point about Nicola Sturgeon, she is a good communicator, but you're right, the, the, the policies and the ideologies behind that are flawed. Um, and what I would say to, to maybe English liberals is, there's really nothing progressive about nationalism. Um, and you can try and argue this type of nationalism is different. I just don't think that's true. Um, we are for you know, integration with Europe, we're for integration with the UK. We want to you know, open up borders, make people, uh, you know, give them the opportunity to move about freely. You don't do that by isolating yourself from your closest neighbors. And, and the arguments, I, I... Are you seeing, because we see a bit of it, again, Twitter's not the real world and people go crazy, you know, these kind of signs saying England, English people not wanted here kind of thing on, on the border. And that's, I suppose that's the ugly underbelly of some of the messaging that's coming out, actually. If you whip up this sort of, wait, well, it's a type of xenophobia, basically, um, it has ugly consequences down the line. Absolutely. And I think that, that one of the biggest failings of this government is they haven't called that rhetoric out unequivocally. They've allowed it to fester and it's just getting worse. Um, I see a lot of parallels with the sort of rhetoric around um, the, the sort of very ugly side of nationalism and the very ugly side of uh, pro-Brexit um, as well. But, uh, you know, I do, I, I accept that um, people who are pro-UK have done a a, a, not a great job in recent years of actually uh, making the case for it. Um, what I would say is, I you know detest this conservative government as much as anybody else. But the response to that, I don't, I, I don't think it's about you know saying okay, well we're off. I think it's about saying to our our friends, our families, our colleagues in other parts of the UK, okay, we're in this together. How can we make it better for everybody, not just you know, the people of Scotland, uh, I, I, don't, I don't think that's helpful to anyone. And what are, the, what are the big issues that you guys are going to be talking Obviously, independence, like you said, can be seen as a little bit of a distraction because the SNP know if they talk about independence, then some of their failings don't get covered. It's a, it's a bit like Donald Trump using racism uh, and immigration. It's a cover for all the other mistakes that he's kind of done. So, but what are, the, what are the huge issues for you you think this election is going to be about next year? I think there's a huge appetite for uh, more 
local powers. Uh, so over the, over the past 13 years, the SNP have really centralised a lot of powers in Edinburgh uh, and that, that's been detrimental for the Highlands and Islands, as you'd understand, being very remote. Those communities have very unique needs and they know what they need best, um, but they're not being given the resources to actually deal with that. So I think that's going to be crucial. Also, obviously, our COVID recovery, how we deal with our economy going forward is going to be huge. In the Highlands and Islands, we're focused on uh, tourism in a big way. And that's become increasingly difficult, you know, weighing up the economy with, with public health. Um, so I think real uh, sustainable plans for our tourism sector are going to be important. And that's something that hasn't been coming through yet. Um, as I've said before, equal access to 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 essential services uh, is a big one. And Jamie has been um, talking about this a lot uh, over the past three years, but particularly access to um, clinical healthcare services uh, is really poor in parts of the Highlands and Islands. And it's, it's you know, unacceptable to make people travel a 250 mile round trip just to get the care they need. Mm -hmm. I think those, all those things are gonna, gonna be key next year. And so what, so if, People are listening to this, watching this, thinking, look, I really want to want to help out. Where where should we direct uh, them to go if they want to help out your campaign? The first place you can go is mollynolan.uk, which is my website. Uh, it's currently a little bit sparse, but it's getting populated. Um, I'm also on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram as um, Molly C. Nolan. All of those places I keep very updated um, and you can get involved. We are absolutely looking for people to support the campaign, whether it be in the Highlands or from afar, as they say, it's much of this is about digital and remote campaigning. You can get involved from wherever you are. Yeah. And also you can go to the scottishlibdems.org.uk website as well to see some of the campaigns that are happening around uh, Scotland and what you're fighting for. Um, no, but it, it's been fantastic talking to you. Is there anything else you want to kind of raise you? This could be your, this could be your pitch. This could be your five minute pitch to our listeners. Anything else you want to bring up? Well, I think that we know as a party that we're going through uh, some some changes. We're doing a lot of introspection with the, the Thornhill Review and the leadership election. Um, I think this is a time to be positive. Um, and I, I think that we have really good prospects um, if we get our messaging right um, in, in Holyrood next year. So I would just say, you know, please feel positive about this. Please get involved if you can. Um, we, we have a good year ahead of us. And so actually, you just brought this up. So you see, this is the problem. So you've triggered something else to me now <laughs> that I want to ask you about. So the Thornhill Review obviously talked about lots of failings we had kind of done. But actually, the Scottish campaign in 2019, other than, aside from 100 and something odd votes that Jo Swinson obviously lost her seat in, was actually, you know, Wendy Chamberlain took back North East Fife. Okay, it was two votes she needed, but still. Uh, but we, we kept our seats and we were very close to growing in Scotland despite everything that happened. When you think of what happened to Labour, etc., it, it wasn't a bad result in the Lib Dems in Scotland. But we tend to think of just the Lib Dem power base being, you know, South East London, you know, uh, lovely kind of university academic uh, kind of areas like Bath, uh, and, and and places like that. So, what what was the Scot what was the Scottish Lib Dems reaction to the twenty nineteen result? Well, we've always been strong in Scotland, and I think it proves that the only credible message um, against SNP rhetoric is liberalism. Um, you know, 
Wendy is obviously an, an excellent campaigner, but she stormed that. She didn't just get two votes. She has a, an overwhelming majority there now. Um, we, we were also, you know, second in a fair number of seats. Um, Scotland is, is, is receptive to the Lib Dem message. And I think, you know, when you have four times the number of M Scottish uh, MPs that Labour has, you can really see that, that we are a force to be reckoned with. Absolutely. And I think that is the perfect place to end uh, the podcast. So um, I just want to thank you so much for coming on, Molly. I really appreciate your time. Let's see. Do go and uh, follow Molly on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. Go visit the website. Go visit the Scottish Lib Dems website. Remember, we don't know what's going to happen with campaigning the rest of the year. We don't know what's going to happen with campaigning up to, up to May next year. So if you can donate time or money or something to help get out the campaign, especially in huge rural constituencies that you know we we are fighting, then please do so because every little bit kind of helps right now. Um, but thank you to all our listeners and viewers for watching. My name is John Potter. You can follow everything to do with myself at, at John Potter LD. You can follow everything to do with the podcast at, at Lib Dem Pod. Thank you very much for listening. We'll have another episode very soon. <laughs>